comes to She-Hulk, I'll just drop dead with the She-Hulk. I would literally bury my own self because she just scares me. I would not. She has like like feminine energy that will like kickbuck you like a horse and you're dead. Automatically, why does it look so bad? Where was that budget? Because it, it's giving Tyler Perry. It's giving Tyler Perry. <laughs> This, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Oh, God. Did I lie? No, you did not. That's what, that's why. Okay, then. That's, that's all I needed to know. All I'm going to say is you bold. I respect you so much more right now. <laughs> because I could never, okay? Talk about the Taliban going to do I'm going to keep it real with you. Hey, I love it. I love it. God bless you, ma'am. God bless Yo, 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 welcome to Black and Marvel Fam, a podcast created by true believers in content where we cover the comics, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, better known as the MCU, games, and more. We take the incredible stories that have been told through the years and dissect them through the lens of the Black perspective, while we also touch on topics including race, gender, sexuality, and more. If this is your first time joining us here at The Cookout, The Slow Burn, or one of our returning family members, welcome and welcome back. My name is Freddie P, and this week we're covering the topic of feminism, women of Marvel, the Golden Age origins, and the modern day. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I know that you guys are not about to have a conversation about the rise of feminism in Marvel without having ladies on the episode. I'm going to need y'all to take a seat for this one. Oh, okay, okay. You can join us, but only to listen and learn while we speak and teach, okay? All right, ladies, the floor is yours. That's right, listeners. Tonight on Black and Marvel, it is ladies' night, and the feeling is right, baby. Yes! Tonight's episode is titled Heroines, and myself, Lee Torres, and Mabry Moore will be speaking to the rise of feminism within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, share our favorite Marvel women who personally inspire us, and also share our opinion on the future of the MCU and our nation in the wake of the overturning of Roe v. Wade last week. Trigger warning, this is a heavy episode. So grab your drink, get comfy, get your smoke, and let's let the slow burn begin. Hey y'all, how y'all doing? My name is Lee, and I am excited to be here. We're going to be talking about empowerment. So I just want to put that word in there for y'all. So it's it, this empowerment going to be big. So I hope y'all enjoy. Hey y'all, it's Courtney Lewis, and I am so excited to be back at the cookout for season two. So we can chat about all things Marvel and talk about the women that remind me a lot of myself because they are some strong independent bad bitches hi guys i'm mabry this is my first time here i'm so excited to talk about the beautiful women of marvel and let's get right into it 
So ladies, first question, who is your favorite female Marvel character? For me, it's the Dora Milaje. It was like it was this unwavering strength and it was this respect that they commanded as soon as they walked into the room. And every time that they were on the screen, there was like this pride that kind of comes out of, of you as a black woman. And not just for the whole like black community, but just as a black woman, seeing that on screen, especially in the Marvel Universe, when I feel like we don't get represented enough. Um, and then when you first are seeing us, like really truly seeing us, for it to be this group of women that will really walk in and just set it off if need be, and then walk out without like a ounce of sweat on their brow. I, it just, I cried multiple times seeing them. Um, and then outside of that, um, the Scarlet Witch. I know a lot of people may not uh, agree with her, especially after, um, you know, seeing her in the most recent Doctor Strange movie. But I respect that from the pain that she was experiencing, um, she developed this sort of strength. Um, and she kind of built up that strength on top of that hurt that she was experiencing. And she let that push her forward. Was it the best way to go about, you know, like showing off her strength? No, um, but I respected it. And, and I appreciated that um, the MCU actually had a woman that even though her, her ways of going about it weren't great, um, but it did show the, the strength and the power and the things that a woman would do to, to get to her kids. Yeah, so when thinking of this question, a lot of like superficial answers come to mind, like who do I think looks super cool and I think gives off like a badass vibe. So like this isn't my real answer, but like I just have to tell you that like Hella comes to mind so fast. Like I just think she's so cool. And of course she's a villain and like she's evil, but like immediately I just think of her. So I just wanted to say that because I just wanted you guys to know. But my real answer, I feel like, is a tie. I would also say Scarlet Witch. But I want to throw in Black Widow in the sense that I think that their past trauma and the links to their family and things that they share in regards to that as a woman is so prevalent and in the newer Black Widow film really portrayed in a way where it wasn't this kind of one-dimensional character as we've seen in past marvel films but it was more of like a multifaceted woman that's angry and like upset and like will go to the links that she has to go to to reach her end goal so to see more of a dimensional character from both of these women in present day films has been very like inspiring to me so that's what i'm those are my favorite and that's really what i hope to see for the future I don't want to go with the majority goes, but I would definitely have to say Scarlet Witch um, for many reasons of the deep pain and the hurt. And I think it kind of, I think what MCU is really doing is pushing the narrative of emotional vulnerability. I think that's what MCU is really pushing is really showing that there are, that there are men as well, just as much as women, but in the spectrum of, of, of a woman is, is showing this emo, emotional vulnerability as more of a strength than a weakness. And even though that there are two types of strengths, people use their strength from their pain and hurt to hurt other people, or people use their strength and their hurt to rise above that and to bring good into the world. 
And I think MCU shows the both sides of the good and bad, which allows people to think like maybe to have more empathy on those that suffer and have pain more. But at the same time, I also want to give credit to the ones who are not superheroes that were females, girlfriends and wives that stood behind their men or that stood behind their lover or stood behind their partner. Um, Because I want to honor people from all spectrums, not only in the heterosexual community, because I'm a lesbian myself, so you get a little representation there as well. But um, I think it just shows that that deep side of us that many of the times we don't want to explore because it's painful and it brings back a lot of things. But I think one of these what all of these characters, especially within the women's spectrum, it, it gives people an opportunity to see that we're not always this emotionally weak, emotionally vulnerable all the time. When women need to step up and defend the defenseless and be a voice for the voiceless, oh, it's on. That is a whole type of strength that scares people. That this is a woman who will go to any lengths to protect, to defend, to love, and to and to be a, a just woman, and to just empower that on a broader spectrum through cinema is just incredible to me. Um, and by that, I reference women like I, um, you know. Um, Oh my gosh, the wife of uh, Iron Man, or the girl of Iron Man. I keep, I'm never good with names. Don't judge me, people. <laughs> but women such as that, that didn't, be, that weren't really in the group fighting the crime with their superpowers, but just with their strong personalities and their strength and their confidence, that was enough of a superpower for them to be able to stand by their the people that they love. So, yeah, that that's me in, the, in that area. Um, I believe we still... We, we are making progress. I will not say that we have achieved it all across the board, but I will definitely say that we have made tremendous, I mean, an exponential amount of progress when it comes to female representation, female strength, female confidence, um, that they're showing that we're, we're, we no longer want ourselves to be fit in a box of being the damsel in distress. We always got to be safe. You know what I'm saying? That we always got to be captured or rescued or whatever the case may be. And you have to depend on someone else's strength to get you through your tough time. When you're, you're in your own strength, you're not devising ways to escape or to get away or to project yourself forward. It's definitely making progress and showing women like, you know, yes, it's good to depend on people, but you still got your own power. Don't forget that. Don't dumb it down. Don't settle it. Don't change it for nobody else. Don't try to fit it into a box for someone else. No, bask in it. Empower yourself in it. Just, just bask in the ambiance. You know, I, I, I hate to reference white chicks, but yeah, bask in the ambiance. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Bask in the ambiance of your feminine power. And I feel we made tremendous strides in progressing in that. Absolutely, we still have a lot more to go. But for what it's worth, it's like what they say: I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. Type thing. So. I love that you talked about that it, this is so focused on women, especially after today with the overturning of, of Roe versus Wade. And like Lee said, you know, it's it's when you back women in the corner that you really see the strength that they have. Um, and we saw that today with the women that have started protesting like immediately. Um, and I think you're going to see it a lot more. You're going to start to see more of our strength, not just in reality, but also in the MCU. Um, growing up, my father did have the comics, but it just felt like a boys club. And I didn't really find anything that I could connect with 
you know, like nothing made me immediately want to like read it. And I didn't feel like I was represented. Um, but now, like I said before, like with the Dora Milaje and then you have like, you know, watching WandaVision and even seeing, you know, her character progressing even further in the latest Doctor Strange. You can find something of yourself, you know, as a woman in, in these characters. And even if it's not in like the strength, even in some of their weaknesses, you know, now you are seeing someone that you can connect with, you know, and maybe areas where you're not the greatest. It's an opportunity for you. Um, but you're seeing this this fictional character and and them making it a little bit more of like real life. Um, I feel like now, like we said, we're not just like the damsel in distress. Um, we're actually, you know, these like multifaceted creatures. Yes, they have these superpowers. Yes, they're, you know, jumping off buildings and all of that. But there's that realness that's underneath all of that. Like if you took away those superpowers, I think Wanda would still have this strength. Like she would still jump in to fight because that passion that she had for vision and for her son that had nothing to do with the power that she had. I think you can you can take that away and she would still be that fierce fighter. And I love that the MC was showing that. And if they had been doing that, I think I would have been more interested in it a long time ago. It wouldn't have been something that I started getting into as an adult and trying to find something to connect with. Now, I think it's a lot easier to just kind of jump into it because we're seeing ourselves. I absolutely agree. Um, I think we're making incredible strides in the form of representation through the comics for even younger children to cinematically um one of the main things that i feel like i think of when i do think of feminism in the mcu is the male gaze which i feel like is the number one thing to be touched on and i immediately think of the black widow in regards to her portrayal over natasha's time over the whole marvel cinematic universe she becomes such a different character to what we see now in a great way in my opinion just because if you think about when did she first appear in iron man just her the way she was portrayed in iron man with the camera work just the back of her legs her butt everything the tie outfits her only speaking to men or being around men in conversation to now with this solo film having so many dimensions and trading the sexy suit for a functional jumpsuit that works for her and you know seeing the inside of her where she has these issues with links to her family and you know being barren against her will and talking about that and being angry and all of that is was so uplifting to me because it was like finally like this is Natasha like this is what I wanted to see and I just think of Hollywood forever has been so focused on the male gaze and I actually read something earlier that said women have always been the bearer of meaning not the makers of meaning meaning that they're always had these roles in film just to be observed so in these strides, I just in these strides I've seen in the MCU with Black Widow and Scarlet Witch and even Captain Marvel, it's just nice that they have 
these stories where they're not just these side characters only speaking to men or speaking about men. It's so great to see like them kind of come to life. So that's what I would say in regards to the male gaze. It's through what they do and, and their natural biology just to nurture and, and to believe that they can nurture people and to be empathetic and loving and compassionate. Like I am the softest stud you will ever meet in your life. I am, I am the one that takes care of everybody. And <laughs> legit. I, 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 that's legit me. I'm very soft on the inside. On the, on the outside, I look like a hard cookie. But when, when you break me, oh no, I, I mesh. But uh, <laughs> it is beautiful to see that they, also through the male gaze, what has changed a lot is that the men surrounding these women are not defending to possess them. They're defending to preserve them. And I think that's a different dynamic too, that I love seeing how these men like Thor and Captain America have this genuine love toward these females as their own sisters or, or, or their own wives or their own girlfriends. Like if this was my own girlfriend, how would I protect them? What would I do as a man? What would I do as this superhero? You know what I mean? And how they just, they don't see them with the sexualized male gaze. They see them as strong women who, who they can protect and vice versa. So to see that dynamic change is is incredible as well. So I'm glad that you mentioned that, Mabry. Yeah, they're not like the googly-eyed love interest. You know, like we've moved away from that, where women aren't just there to service these men. You know, we're there kicking ass too. Mm-hmm. You know, we can lead a series as well. You know, we can take over a movie as well. You know, we don't have to just be background characters anymore. I don't think that women now will stand for that, for us just being background characters. Because in reality, we're not. We're the blueprint, if we're going to be honest. We're going to take a break. When we return, the ladies and I will discuss our feelings on the overturning of Roe v. Wade. We'll be right back. Before we dive back into the incredible conversation with our female panel, I wanted to talk a bit on the definition of the male gaze. Many, including myself, before this episode, may not know what the male gaze is, so I'm going to assist in defining this for deeper perspective in the ladies' conversation. The concept of the male gaze was a key idea of feminist film theory and was introduced by scholar and filmmaker Laura Mulvey in her 1975 essay, Visual Pleasure and Narrative Cinema. Most of the Marvel women, especially in comics, were depicted from a man's point of view from their body proportions, like big breasts and a tiny waist, to their outfits and more, all to please the men watching or reading the content. It would have been nothing to see my girl Wanda in her red and pink getup from back in the gap with some double D's and a waist that's a size double zero. And as we know, that is not a healthy way of looking at women. That is not the imagery of all women. And sometimes that can make it seem like it's 
not inclusive for women to read these comics or to be a part of it, much to what Courtney's point is. And this made the female's powers, abilities, and intellect to be left on the back burner while their hypersexualization was pushed to the forefront to once again sell comics. Thankfully, with the MCU and the inclusion of female directors, comic book writers, and costume designers, ensuring the women of Marvel can still be beautiful, badass, sexy, intelligent, emotional, powerful, and divine beings, and still look damn good doing it, it is revamping the way we see these powerful women in film and in the comics as well. Additionally, as a fun fact, Elizabeth Olsen was the last hero in the MCU to move from wearing her red corset that showed her cleavage throughout the MCU from her first appearance in Age of Ultron until she abandoned it when becoming the Scarlet Witch in WandaVision and in the Multiverse of Madness because she asked for it. When walking with the women of Marvel in Endgame, we made the observation that all the other women except her had all of their cleavage covered. She made the steps to change this moving forward when going into WandaVision. That's my soul sister on the slick. So big ups to the costume designers that have reimagined these heroines' presentation because each one has been flawlessly executed. Each uniform, costume, sacred garb has represented the strength, bravery, and power of our women today excellently. Alright, I think I've done enough to share what the male gaze is. Let's get back to the convo, Henny. I am sick of old white men making rules for my body, for my life. I am sick of them going back to the Bible or the Constitution. Um, I don't understand how it was okay to yell my body, my choice with a vaccination. But now when it comes to women and their rights, that's out the window. Like that's not a thing anymore. Like we can't say that. Um, honestly, earlier today, I had to get off the internet for a little bit because I was really getting emotional. I'm amazed by this country every single day just the things that they're deciding on. You know, there's this very small group of people that are making decisions for millions. And that amazes me. You know, like what these people think, their ideals is what we're all supposed to live by. And I don't agree with that. You know, I love that people have differences. You know, I love to have conversations with people that don't share the same ideals with me. And I'll put emphasis on like conversations. I don't I don't want it to be you just telling me what you think and then that's that. Let's have an exchange, you know, and I feel like that's what's missing in this country now. There's no exchange. It's this is what I think and that's that. Like there's no discussion on it. Um and that's what's happening in our government and I, I hate that. This is supposedly the land of the free. But you are putting so many like locks and keys on our bodies on our decisions and it just doesn't match 
And I've said this so many times today and in the past, and I'm trying to get a t-shirt made, but America's ghetto. It's a hood rat with a Gucci belt on. Like it really thinks it's much better than it actually is. And I, I, I'm confused as to why people think like the American dream and why they want to come here. Because we really don't have rights, especially as women. And now they're trying to go even further and go to like pulling away the rights to like gay marriage again. And, so, and I just don't understand that. Betty White said it best. Like, why are you worried about what other people are doing? Mind your business. And I live my life like that. If it, it if it's not like impacting me directly, I don't care. It's not harming me. I don't care. So I don't understand why they care so much about women and the freedom that they have to make the decision of whether or not they want to have a child. Gosh, I don't want, I don't even know how to start this. Um, today has been a really, really scary and hard day. I, I, I pretty much every single thing Courtney said, I, is what I'm thinking, but I really want to exaggerate on the fact that if it's none of your business, like, I don't, I still don't know how this is a conversation. Like, why is this a, even a conversation? And it's so gross and so brutal. And the number one hardest thing I've learned as I've gotten older and as blunt as it may be is just so many people hate women. Just hate women. I don't know how else to put it. Like, this is our vessel and this is what we live in. And, like, this is the body that is keeping me like breathing and I don't have control over that whatsoever. And it's just so hard to be alive in this day and age where more and more of our rights get taken away. And it's very scary for me as a woman, but it's also scary to think that everyone I know in the LGBT community they're next. Like, it's all, it's gonna go. Like, it's just a hard, it's very hard to know that this is happening and everything is regressing in such a quick manner. It's very terrifying. But the number one thing I guess I want to put out there is, like we've read all over social media, this is only taking away safe abortion for women. Um, they will find a way to do it. And it's not safe, and it's really, really harmful and very scary. So all I can say is that I don't feel comfortable celebrating 4th of July next week. This is not the place I want to live right now. You can come with me to Canada because I'm looking into it. I'm ready. I'm coming. And if I could get my America's ghetto shirt before the 4th, <laughs> I will be wearing it. Please do, because I'll stand right behind you. I mean, I probably mine's probably be on back order, but that's fine. It's okay. I'll, it's all right. Um, now I want I want the listeners to listen very carefully to what I'm gonna say because we are also living in a tremendous epidemic of cancel culture, and uh, I do not want anyone to press that button and get off this podcast when I'm gonna say what I'm about to say. I do come from a faith-based home. My mother is a pastor. I have an older sister who is a pastor along with her husband, a second older sister who's head of the children's ministry at church, and my brother who is the audio technician in his local church. 
Uh, <laughs> you may ask, where did I fall off the bandwagon? I don't know, but I'm getting back on it. So stay with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> the And then growing up in a faith-based home, I understand what it's like to be looked with a side eye from the other side. I know what it's like as a woman, and I'm a triple threat because I'm a minority considering I'm Puerto Rican, even though we're a commonwealth of the United States. But anyway, that's another conversation for another day. I am Puerto Rican. Uh, I am a woman and I am lesbian. That's a triple threat all in its own. Okay. And no matter what I do, no matter how comfortably or at peace I try to sleep at night, no matter how amazing i try to wake up in the morning and be positive there are moments that those three do attack me all at once or each of them are still attacking me even individually there is never a day that i can literally rest without someone saying oh you're being such a woman why are you being such a chick why are you so why are you so emotional because people tell me that all the time you know why are you so emotional and it's like Am I not supposed to feel emotional? What's going on? <laughs> are y'all lacking? Is are we in a desert? Are y'all scared on emotions? Because I can give y'all some. Because I have a whole lot of them. You know, <laughs> I can share here and there. But it's it's coming to a day and age where people are not coming to the root of understanding, and that takes the emotion of empathy, and that is exactly what is being lost with these old white men. Because the only reason why someone would want to be concerned with how other people, oh, we have a guest. Hi, I'm sorry, y'all. I just saw a cat. Y'all don't understand. I love the animals. I adore them. Girl, let me get back on topic before I get out. <laughs> My passion came up and then the soft side came out. Y'all saw that? <laughs> y'all caught it on live with me today. But, <laughs> and so being raised in all of that and coming up now in a society where you have these old white men even other people of color, but you have all these majority of them as old white men that are so concerned with how other people are living because there is something evil within inside of them that they are trying to hide. That is the only reason people will be concerned with other people's lives because they cannot confront their own demons and things that they're struggling with, addictions and weaknesses. How do I know that you're not going home? Yeah, after you be, be in the Senate and Congress, how do I know you're not going home and abusing your wife under wraps? Because you have a drinking problem. But yet y'all are not making laws like the prohibition to make alcohol illegal. And that's exactly what's killing our young people and other people in the street. And you're concerned with shutting down abortion clinics when we got bigger fish to fry? That's my real question. You understand what I'm saying? You want to talk about, oh, I need to put you in jail because it's against the law to be homeless. Dude, I was homeless. I was homeless. This woman right here, this Hispanic, Puerto Rican, gay woman was homeless at some point. And you're going to tell me that it's against the law because my mind is telling me on a constant basis, hey, you're not worthy of having the basic dignities of life. You're not attacking the root of the problem. You're attacking the symptom. You changing a law, let me put it this way. It is your judgment. And the way you lead your heart, that is what becomes your morale. Laws do not legislate the heart. They legislate the mind. And it enslaves and indoctrination leads to ignorance. And that is what this nation is being led to because of all these legislative laws that are doing nothing but just adding on to the symptom when it comes to society. You're, there's a complete sickness and you're just giving them NyQuil. When there was a deep infection and you're doing nothing but just treating the symptom by saying, well, we can't make abortion legal. 
but you still have homeless in the streets. You're bathing in money, and yet you have single women that are being thrown and evicted from their houses because they don't have enough money to support their children. And this is what you're really concerned about? Why do you think women are considering abortion? Because of the things that are going on in the world, because they know nobody cares for them. I mean, we just had all those children senselessly murdered because it's so easy to get a gun in this country. Exactly. So you want me to give birth to children that one, you can't provide formula for because there's a shortage. And you're just telling me to breastfeed as if that's just so easy for every woman. But let's say my child does get of age to actually go to school. They make it through all that. They go to school. My child's not even protected there. Because you're just letting whoever decides they want a gun to go get one. You're not focused on that. Because heaven forbid we take away your right to have a gun. Everything you're saying is correct in regards to the gun laws and the senseless murder. Like it's almost unfathomable. The fact that we care more about protecting those rights than protecting the children. And another thing that crossed my mind today is that we do want, we're pro-birth. This country is pro-birth. It's not pro-life. Because these kids are getting born, sure, but you don't care about them at all once they are. More and more everyday educational rights are being taken away. In regards to like poverty that doesn't matter once you have a child. No one will take care of that for you. In zero ways in America, are there support right now for women having children under poverty? And regarding my thoughts, and I don't want to get this wrong because I don't want to speak on, try to speak facts and it being correct, but I read something today, and I couldn't tell you their names, but two people in the Senate who their next court cases to go against are gay marriage and, you know, having better access to like birth control. We're regressing on that as well. So it's like as a woman, you can't win in any way in this regard. Whew, that was super intense. We're going to take one final break, and when we come back, we will conclude this episode by sharing who we are most excited to see in upcoming MCU projects. Stay tuned. A Marvel female that inspires me, I'd have to say, is Elektra. She's pretty badass, and she's not always a superhero, but she's not always the villain. And just watching her character, it's always inspired me to never give up, no matter what I've gone through, no matter what I may go through. And she's always kicked ass along the way. And it's always reminded me of my mom and just being fierce and brave and just the look of her reminds me of many physical features that my mom has and it's just always been that like kick-ass female warrior in terms of just someone who just looks like they're gonna be the 
embodiment of like a female empowering character. I'm really excited to see Jane Foster as Lady Thor. I think it's going to be really cool. She looks super cool. And Natalie Portman has never failed me. Um, I'm also just really excited to see more of Valkyrie, actually, which we've already been introduced to her, but her performance in Thor Ragnarok was phenomenal. I would say she's definitely up there for female characters for me. So I'm really excited about Thor Love and Thunder, but I think seeing Jane be really strong and super, I think she'll just be super empowering and super dope. And I don't think any of us are ready. So that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Um, it's hard. Oh Lord, I'm condensing and condensing my mind. I would have to say, uh, because there is talk, there's talk around the town that, um, again, I'm not good with names, but she was like the main, she was like the general in Black Panther for, um, (laughs) oh my gosh, what was her name? Akoya, there you go, that she had, um, a lesbian lover. A lesbian? I didn't know she was a lesbian. Hold on. I know it's that amazing in the comics. Yes. Yes. The only thing is that the reason why it's talk is because, like, they, well, the comic is trying to make a comic book to honor their love so that then there can be a movie about it that they can base it off of. So they're they're talking about in the Marvel Studios at, you know, making reference to the lesbian love between these two women. It's one of the soldiers, and you see, I'm not going with names. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, God, I'm horrible. How can I say this? It could be something that can, in many ways, kind of like show people that it's not based off of the male gaze either, that this is real love between two women, and they care for one another because. I don't want to get too deep, but you know the male gaze is like, oh yeah, but you still gotta have a male part in there. You still have to have the main character. No, like it's it's based off of their love as well and how they've continued that in the beautiful world, which I wish with all my life that existed, the beautiful land of Wakanda. Miss Charlize Theron decided to just flip around, let us know that she was coming through, and um, I'm super excited about that. I'm. Super excited about that. I just feel like we just about to get a whole basket full of badassery. And I feel like she's going to have way more of an um, impact on figuring out this mess that Doctor Strange has made in the multiverse. Like, she's going to be the one to really figure this out. She's going to be the one to just come through and just take over the screen. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about that. And and now this Dora Milaje, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to look into that, honey. I'm about to look into that. I really like that we're heading in the direction of representation, especially with these younger characters that can see this all over the world. Like, she's younger, she's Middle Eastern. Like, it's nice to see that, like, all kinds of cultures can be represented, not everyone. I'm lo- I'm just loving these cultures. Like, Mood Night, even with, like, America, like, everything, it's just nice to see representation because you know it's important for the younger generation to see themselves on tv and be like oh my god like that's like me like that's so beautiful and that's the whole point of cinema and tv in general in my opinion so that's what i think
guys, I want to thank you, and we're going to be done. How did you guys enjoy the conversation? I loved it. I loved it. Like I said, I love I want to do more. having conversations with people that are going to keep it going. And I love that y'all gave us the space to do yes. this because that does not happen mm-hmm. a lot. And you weren't trying to censor us. So I just want to say thank y'all for that, for just yes. giving us this platform. I absolutely loved it. I, I told Linda from the beginning when he told me, I was I felt very honored. And you know, kind of, mm-hmm. kind of being homeless, you don't have a lot of stuff. But I'm catching up to my movies. I'm a no name names. I promise. I got a TV now. I got, a, <laughs> I got Apple TV. I'm, I'm hooked up. Now I'm saying like God has blessed me, and I'm gonna use it. But thank you so much for having me on here. It was, oh it was God. a blessing. It was an honor. It's beautiful to see that there are still people out there, such as yourself, with such beautiful souls, just giving back through the smiles and combos. Man, I like it. Next thing I need for the next episode, I'm gonna have my coffee. Thank you guys for having me. I want to do it like a hundred more times. That was so fun. All right, guys, it's your boy Freddie P for the very special women's panel, Black and Marvel. And I hope you enjoy the listen and subscribe. (laughs) 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 Bye, y'all. Thank y'all so so much. Thank you. This episode was produced and edited by Bridget Price II and Ledrick Polar. Original and theme music are provided by Neon Leon of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Also, special thanks to this episode's guests, Courtney Lewis, Lee Torres, and Mabry Moore for their perspectives. Thank you so much, ladies. But be sure to follow the conversation on social media platforms, including Instagram at Black and Marvel Official and on TikTok at Black and Marvel. All information for these and more resources will be listed as the podcast notes. Well, that's it for the slow burn. We'll see you next time for the next exciting episode of Black and Marvel. Peace, guys. Thank you.